0: Today's guest is an Olympian, a Commonwealth and World Cup medalist and was a nominee for the World Hockey Rising Star in 2018. However, if her life could have gone down a different path, who knows? She could have even been a Matilda. I can't wait to find out all about it. So welcome to Her Way Her Story, Hockey Roost star Rosie Malone. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And I've got to chat to you a little bit over the last two years, but there's so much I've found out about you, but just by just doing a bit of research, and I can't wait to talk to you all about it, I guess first of all, your full name is Ambrosia. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's a really funny yeah. name. So do you know where it came from? Because I guess it's a bit unusual. Yeah, well, there's
1: uh, five kids in my family. And my oldest brother, his name is Blake. And my youngest sister, her name is Alanasia. So you can imagine over this, like how long it took for my mom to have her first child and her fifth child. The names just got a little bit more uh, wild as they went on. So There's Blake, Gabriella, Taser. that's my brother. He's an MMA fighter, so that kind of suits him. Then there's me, Ambrosia, and my little sister, Alanasia. So, um, yeah, I think my mum just wanted them to be, like, creative names that were, like, different and had, like, a nice meaning behind them. So um, I think Ambrosia means nectar of the gods, according to
0: her. So, yeah, I'm not sure, but my grandma told me it's a rice pudding. So, you know. They're all really nice names, though, so that's nice. (laughs) And you grew up on the Gold Coast and from what I've read, you and your four siblings grew up playing like a whole lot of different sports. Were you always kind of trying to beat each other in the backyard or were you just off doing your separate things? Uh
1: Yeah, so we grew up in the Gold Coast hinterland um, in a place called Binnabarra and so we were always just outdoors and I know for me, especially um, being the second youngest, I was always competing with my brothers and wanting to like beat them at any kind of physical challenge just like watching them do something and I would just be that kind of girl who was like well I can do it too so um, yeah I think we were definitely all super competitive with one another um, and all but one of my siblings was just like always like into sports super sporty so yeah I think we probably
0: um, trained each other without even knowing for years. And being from the Gold Coast, you know, which has so many beaches, did you ever consider, like, swimming or being an iron woman or something like that? Uh, my mum put me into, like, nippers
1: when I was younger and I was really good at the flags, really good at the events on the sand, but as soon as we had to get into the water and if there was big waves, I was, like, a chicken. I'd be hiding in the <laughs> sand dunes, like, crying, begging my, like, coach not to make me go on the water I think because I was so little and um yeah I was so scared of like being on a board in the big waves but I definitely love the beach and I love the ocean so much but yeah I don't think I was ever born to be an iron woman (laughs) you definitely love it now though uh yeah recreationally (laughs) like I can just dive under a wave and just yeah um go about it my own business but yeah it's definitely probably my second favorite place to be um other than a sports field
0: and you were 12 years old living on the Gold Coast and it was announced that the Gold Coast would hold would host the 2018 Commonwealth Games. Can you tell me about how that inspired you when you were younger?
1: Yeah, so I think it was like my first moment of feeling like all this excitement and a surreal feeling of like, oh my gosh, there's going to be like this major sporting event in my hometown and I'm get to, going to get to see all these amazing athletes. And then I think the second part of that was like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing if I could actually be there? Um, so I think I would have been 19 or 20 when that Commonwealth Games was on. Um, and, yeah, I think as I got older and started making junior national teams and things like that, um, I was kind of had in the back of my mind, like, you could maybe make this Commonwealth Games and be playing at home Commonwealth Games. Um, right in your backyard in the place you started playing when you were six. So I was really excited for it. Um, But in the end, I had just missed out on a place um, in the squad and I was like the youngest one in the mix and the coach basically said, um, yeah, we're going to go with all the players, all these things. And, um, yeah, I essentially missed out on the squad for that year Um, and I was really devastated. Uh, Still went and watched all the Commonwealth Games, all of that. Uh, And then I think it was two or three months after the Commonwealth Games had finished on the Gold Coast and I got a phone call from the coach saying you're in the Hockey Roos so it was a whole mixture of emotions so much excitement so much build-up which was I think really cool for a little girl um, to have so much inspiration and motivation like that probably pushed me on
0: to be the athlete that I am today and how I started my Hockey Roos career. And we might come back to that a bit later but I guess just leading on from that with all of the interactions with kids that you have now are you seeing some similarities with the brisbane olympics coming up maybe definitely
1: i think the thing that i i went and spoke at uh, my club team's junior presentation and i was just talking to some of the young kids and some of them um yeah well like 10 12 13 and i said to them you know i was sitting here exactly the same time as you your age and and i was just going off and playing hockey with my friends having so much fun and i was like never in a million years did i ever think that i would be you know 10 12 15 years down the track playing for my country and traveling the world and i just said to them like anything is possible and yeah if you want to be at this like this olympics this home olympics um tell yourself you can be and like try and push yourself to get there so i think for them it's probably giving them a lot of um not hope but like, um, uh, yeah, a, a, like a path and an inspiration and some, if you have someone telling you that it's definitely possible, I think it's going to make um, young kids be really inspired and hungry to actually like chase their
0: dream of potentially having a home Olympics. And when you were in school, you were really good at athletics, football, soccer, and also hockey. And when I say you were good, you were really good by the sounds of it. You were the captain of the Ashmore Little Athletics Club in the girls' school hockey competition. You were the youngest by two years, I think I read. And you were also playing rep soccer. And I think you were playing touch football as well, possibly. How were you like juggling them all at the same time, but also being, I guess, really good at each of them?
1: Yeah, I mean, my
0: schooling life,
1: I probably spent half my time at school and (laughs) Half my time not at school going away on sport. Um, if I'm if like I'm lucky with that. So um yeah, I I actually really miss being at school and doing school sport because I think school sport, there are so many different pathways you can go down. And I know for me, I was definitely someone who wanted to try a lot of sports. And I was also really lucky to have my mum who was like wanting to give me every opportunity to try different sports. Um so I think it started at school, like a love for all these different sports and Yeah, I remember one day I was, I think it was the regional touch trials and the regional hockey trials were happening on the exact same day. And I just remember my mum, I would play one hockey game, I'd jump in the car, she'd quickly drive me 15 minutes to the touch fields, I'd play the touch. That just happened the whole entire day. We're doing back and forth. And, um, yeah, I ended up making, I think it was the South Coast touch team and South Coast hockey team all in the one day, which was pretty Um, pretty cool but I think um yeah for me I just loved doing as many sports as I possibly could and yeah that's why I essentially up until the day that I went to the Hockey Roos was still um yeah doing like three different sports.
0: So you were missing quite a bit of school but were you still like catching up with all of your work and everything did you find a way to do all that?
1: Yeah I think in my uh report cards I always had (laughs) stuff like yeah, probably like cheeky chats a lot but then they always said like um yeah Rosie always works really hard and um make make sure that she stays up to date with what's going on so I think for me like um yeah sports great it's given me so many amazing opportunities and um yeah essentially it's been a major part of my life and who I am but I think at the same time it's so important for athletes to also have um something else to focus on and it's not just like People talk about, oh, you need a backup plan in case you get injured, et cetera. I think it's actually just so important just to have another focus going on outside of your sport. Um, and I think that makes a better athlete as a whole. So, yeah, for me, I definitely wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing, I was actually pushing myself to um, try really hard, whether that was, yeah, a, a game of hockey or soccer or making sure I get a good mark
0: on an assignment. And I guess around that time in two thousand and thirteen, you won the I need to get the wedding right, the Queensland Premier's Rising Star Award, and the federal member in your area even talked about you in federal parliament. And he said, "I rise to inform the house about an outstanding young lady called Rosie Malone." And then he goes on to talk about you know all of your achievements and how you were awarded a sports champion grant. That must have been very surreal by the look on your face. Yeah, well, it just reminded me because I <laughs> I haven't that in so long
1: but I, I was laughing because I remember um, yeah and my friends bringing it up on YouTube and stuff like that when we we're at school and everyone was just like oh my god and at the time I didn't even know that was something that even happened in parliament but um, I think it was Stuart Robert MP who did that so that was pretty cool and um, yeah to get some support with that grant was also really helpful because yeah as I mentioned being I'm um, in a family of five kids and a single mum. Um we were always fundraising and doing whatever we could um to try and get me and my siblings to the next sporting event. So things like that I think were actually yeah, just so important f- to get me to where I am today.
0: And during your primary and um high school sporting years, who were your main sporting inspirations and idols?
1: Um I had a few. I think I think if I was a young kid right now, I would have so many because it's so cool how much women's sport is actually um on TV and is accessible for young girls these days. Uh for me, I think most of my idols were people who I had like a personal association with. Um, so like I had Brent Livermore, who was like a Olympic gold medalist, the Cook Bars captain, and, and yeah, played for Australia in the men's hockey team. He was my coach on the Gold Coast since I was oh, 12. Man. Um, And then, yeah, there was Nikki Hudson and Angie Lambert who were also, uh, yeah, I guess personal, like, inspirations for me, people I looked up to but had a personal um, connection for me. And then I think just growing up I loved hearing the stories of, like, Billie Jean King and things that she had done um, and also, like, Ash Barty. I've just loved uh, watching what she's done and just doing it her own way the whole time. So I think, uh, yeah, those guys have probably been my, biggest in- inspirations as an athlete growing up.
0: Did you always see sport, like whichever sport you were to play, as a possible career path when you were older or was it kind of hard to maybe make your way to a higher level in the sport?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you really know when you're younger if you can actually have a full-on career out of your sport. Um, I mean, even now being – I've been at Hockey Roots for I think six years now – um and yeah hockey overseas is funded really well uh here we don't get that much money so like even this year I'm juggling full-time work whilst doing full-time training and traveling and everything like that so it's probably yeah financially hard to say that sport is purely my career but in terms of like uh yeah my my sporting career I think I couldn't as a young girl have dreamed about how cool some of the opportunities uh, have been that I, yeah, have been given or earned, you know what I mean? So being able to travel the world with some of my best friends, play for my country, go to, yeah, Olympics, Commonwealth Games, all these cool things, like that's what I think has been definitely the coolest part of my, yeah, sporting career.
0: And when you were younger, you were juggling all of these different sports and you had represented Queensland in three sports by the time you were 15. I hope that's correct. At that stage of your life, what was the main dream that you did want to achieve?
1: Oh, hard. I, I think, yeah, I think at that stage, I'd, I was, that was when I'd made the Queensland cross country team. And I'd made the, I think I'd made the Australian soccer team and the Australian hockey team as a junior. And I think for me, um, I always loved my team sports a lot more. So I don't think I ever saw myself as wanting to be a runner, but I think at that stage, my dream was to either yeah, play for the Hockey Roos or play for the Matildas. And uh, a part of me was like hoping I could be doing like what Elise Perry did and play both. Uh, but yeah, it just got as I got older and older, it got a little bit harder to juggle everything at, at that level. Um, but yeah, my dream was definitely to play for Australia
0: in either hockey or soccer. And you were selected for a Junior Football World Cup for Australia as well and you're the youngest to ever have been selected, is that true as well? Uh, yeah, I think I was 12 years old and I'd made
1: the under 13 Australian team um, and yeah, I think that was like a, mostly a really cool moment for me because I had only started playing soccer when I was 11 and I only started playing soccer because my brother Taser played and I would go to his training sessions at Carrara every afternoon and I was really bored and I would just watch him train. And then one day I saw a group of young girls playing in like the corner of one of the fields and I said to my mum, hey, can can I play with those girls? And so she watched them for a bit, whatever. She saw that all a little bit older, but at the end of the training session she walked over to the coach and said, hey, can my daughter play with um, your girls' team? The coach was initially like, mm, has she played before? Mum was like, no, not really. She didn't played soccer. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, basically he had been like, well, she's not going to be any good. She can come to the next training session. I'll see how she goes. Um, and, yeah, I basically trained with the girls. And I was in all my brother's, like, hand-me-down boots and clothes and everything like that. And as soon as I'd finished that training session, he just said to my mum, all right, bring her back next week. So... Yeah, I ended up um, joining the Gold Coast rep soccer team and then, yeah, within a year had made um, the Queensland team to go to nationals and then had made the Australian team after going to the AIS with um, the girls for a camp and then I was, yeah, off to Vietnam playing in the Asian Cup. So nothing that I could have ever dreamed of Um, and even though I was really scared and nervous when I first started training with the girls, I think that was... um, A really nice moment for me because I think it was that whole thing of like having a little bit of courage um in times when you're like scared or unsure can create some really cool opportunities for you down the track
0: and I assume that there was a point where you were like can I really play a million sports forever if I want to kind of reach the top what was the process like to make a decision and pick which one out of hockey and soccer yeah uh people always ask me
1: like why did you choose hockey over soccer and I always tell them the same thing which is I actually never chose specifically I as I say juggled them for as long as I possibly could um it was really hard to keep staying at that level with soccer because they all the the coaches and stuff all uh told me I had to like quit all of my sports so they wanted me to quit hockey soccer, athletics, everything like that um, and I couldn't even do school soccer and so I think as a 15 year old at the time that was really hard for me because I didn't want I loved doing so many sports and I didn't want to just do the the one sport. Uh, so yeah, I think that's when it kind of started to become a little bit harder when I was 15 but literally I think I was 20 19 or 20 when I got the phone call to come into the hockey Roos team. And the coach, yeah, called me up and said, you know, you've made this squad. Uh, we, we've we got to fly you over tomorrow morning because we've got this tournament, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I got off the phone call with him, I then, well, I actually called my mum to ask if I could go <laughs> away to the tournament. I was like, hey, mom, um, I've got to call the coach back. Can I go to New Zealand for this tournament? Anyway, but after I'd spoken to mom and the coach, I my third phone call was to my soccer coach uh, to basically say, hey, I was like, hey, Gary, just letting you know, I won't be at the game this weekend. So, um, yeah, it was actually only until that moment that I actually had to stop playing soccer full-time. And I've just been really lucky. My soccer coach, Gary French, who I had since I was 12 years old, whenever I'm back home, he always lets me play soccer and, um, yeah, would let me train with the girls and things like that because he knows I still love it. But, yeah, essentially once I'd gone to the Hockey Roos team, um, yeah, I couldn't really do everything like I did, yeah.
0: And you were also offered the chance to try out for the Brisbane Raw in the A-League? I was, um,
1: yeah, at the time doing stuff with, like, the QAS and I was, like, training with, uh, like, with the Raw girls in, like, the QAS squads. Uh, and, yeah, I know that was definitely the path that I was being put on for all of that stuff. Uh, and, I, yeah, I loved it. But, yeah, that's when I then had to call my soccer coach and say that I couldn't then keep committing to um, everything that i had been doing with soccer. So, yeah, it, I don't think it was a trials for the Brisbane Raw team, but it was, yeah, I was with the QAS training against the Raw and that was essentially like the next step.
0: And I do know that you obviously ended up in hockey, but I was looking through the Brisbane Raw squad from around that time, which had Mackenzie Arnold, Katrina Gory, Claire Hawkinghorn, and US star Carson Pickett. I guess these guys could have been your teammates if you decided to go down that path. I
1: could have been, I know, and I could have. And get a really cool <laughs> World Cup, uh, which would have been awesome. So, yeah, it would have been cool to um, look. I, you, you never know what's going to happen in sport. Um, I don't have any regrets. Yes, I definitely um, am sad that I can't be doing both sports at the same time at, at a high level. Um, but, yeah, it's funny because I, I had one of my soccer coaches sent me a photo um, just before the girls started the World Cup and Tom Samani, who was the Matilda's coach at the time when I was like 12, 13, he'd invited me to a training session with, um sorry, my dog's there. <laughs> he invited me to a, um with some of the girls. And it's so funny because I literally, as a little 12-year-old girl, have these photos of me training with like Sam Kerr, Tamika um, Elise Keller-Knight, um, yeah, Lydia Williams, or, yeah, like half the Matilda's. So it's really cool to look back at it and just think like, um yeah that I got to experience some of that with some yeah amazing female athletes
0: away from hockey are you still following the soccer pretty closely now I think I saw on your Instagram you went to a Matilda scheme oh yep, I'm always following the soccer um always trying to
1: yeah somehow stay a little bit connected with that um and yeah I'm friends with a couple of girls still on the team so I was messaging them throughout the World Cup um Yeah, just wishing them luck, saying how cool it all was, how proud we all were. And, yeah, I was definitely watching all of their games. Um, Yeah, I think feeling like the rest of Australia, like we were all out there with them, Um, so exciting and scary in the semi-final and everything like that. So, um, yeah, definitely still following all the soccer and, yeah, miss it a little bit.
0: You obviously made the decision to play hockey and the Hockey Roos program is based in Perth. Can you talk a bit about what it's like moving to the other side of country and how much time of the year you would maybe spend over there?
1: Uh, yeah, so I, this year the program was decentralised. So I got to live back home on the Gold Coast and train with the QAS up in Brisbane. So um, that's been really cool. And as I said, being able to work uh, full time. So I've been working at Somerset College here on the Gold Coast as well. Uh, but yeah, when I'm in, I I was in Perth, I think for four years, and yeah, it's it's really hard. Like when you come from the east coast and you're training in a full time environment where it's obviously like there's um, a lot of hard training sessions going on, there's a lot of pressure. Um, it's yeah, you know, super competitive environment, everything like that. It's really hard to also be living away from home and like your support network. And I was saying to someone the other day, like I know a lot of people see the glory and the fun and the joy or maybe everything you post on social media and it's just like all the highs. But I think sometimes people, yeah, forget how challenging um, it actually is to kind of get yourself to that point as well. So, um, yeah, Perth is a beautiful place. It's great training with the team when we're all together, um, especially, um, you know, leading into big tournaments and stuff like we have next year with the Olympics. Uh, And we are really well supported over there. But, yeah, I definitely uh, probably struggle the most in the whole team um, with being away from my family and my home on the Gold Coast because I think I'm very much a homebody. But, uh, yeah, the program over there is, like, set up really well and I think um, our team is, yeah, we really push each other and work hard to prepare for a tournament um, when we're all together, which is cool.
0: And obviously a lot of the other girls would also be from, I guess, all over the country. So do you all feel like a family when you're together in Perth?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um I think it'd be like 85% of the girls at least would be from the East Coast. Uh, so yeah, I, it's funny because when we're over in Perth, it's like we, we're we all on a completely different time schedule to anyone else probably, you know, in the, um in the city. So it's like, we all train together at our set times. And then it's like, people are at work or different places and then we might like yeah we'll be starting work like or we're going getting a coffee all together or you'll be going to the beach with the girls so even though we spend so much time together training uh we also spend so much time together by choice outside of hockey as well I think because we are all such good friends and um yeah we do really love all hanging out together so uh I would definitely yeah consider
0: some of those girls to be my best friends and it is
1: definitely like playing um, with your family.
0: And just on that note, one thing I really noticed about is how well the Hockey Roo squad are also unified when it comes to things like celebrating the Indigenous culture of some of the players in the side. Yeah, we've done uh, a lot
1: of uh, work in that space as a whole team. Um, we have uh, two Indigenous girls on our team, but as a team we are just really passionate about the whole thing and want those girls to feel um, connected and their culture to also be celebrated and for it to really be something that's intertwined to our Hockeyroos culture. So, um, yeah, I, I won't go into all of it because it's kind of like our team stuff that we talk about. But, yeah, a lot of our culture is based around um, Indigenous words and meanings and things like that and we really like to wear our Indigenous um, ochre kit with pride and there's a lot of special people who have been a part of, I think, Um, within our team and Hockey Australia and also outside of that who have really helped us to stay connected and celebrate those girls and their culture and I think also give other Indigenous athletes um, some kind of representation and something to um, aspire to
0: look towards or be motivated
1: by or feel a connection with.
0: And we chatted earlier about how many spots you're good at, and some people may see that and think you're someone who just has everything go their way, but you've had a lot of obstacles to overcome, being raised by a single mum and missing out on that selection in the Gold Coast Com Games, the Hockey ruse loss of the Olympics in Tokyo, and then you've had some pretty full-on injuries as well, like losing half a finger when you were younger and then having a pretty badly injured finger against New Zealand last year. Firstly, what do you like when it comes to dealing with those sorts of disappointments? disappointments of missing selections or losing a big match that you might have been expecting to win?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, obviously, it's always been really important and helpful too. That's why, like, I love being connected with my family and things like that Um, because yeah, they're obviously there for you when things don't go well. And I think they also kind of help you bring you back to reality a little bit as well when I think, for us, it's like it's also consuming our sport, and I think we do, which we shouldn't attach so much of our identity to who we are as a person with like our performance. And I know for me, like in particularly with the Olympic Games, we'd in a, won all of our pool games, uh, we're playing so well. It was the first time ever the hockey roots had won, um, gone through the whole pool games without um, losing a match. We're doing so well and then, yeah, we got to the quarterfinal and um, we're playing India and essentially it was just one of those days where just nothing was going our way. I Like I hit the post in the first two minutes. Um, they'd scored one goal and we just couldn't get the ball past the um, post for the whole rest of the game and ended up losing, uh, yeah, the game 1-0 and essentially that was our whole Olympic dream over. And then after that it was like because of COVID, we didn't get time to then enjoy the rest of the Olympics so we just had to pack our bags literally that night. The next day, we were leaving the village. And I think it was a blessing in disguise to have to do the two weeks of COVID quarantine because I think it gave me time to try and process um, everything that had happened because you're on, like, the biggest high of your life and then that happened and it just felt like you're on the, you know, the lowest low. And even though I spent the first probably three days in my room crying in the hotel by myself uh, waiting to get out of quarantine, by the time I'd gone out, I, yeah, I literally, my mum said to me like, come on, let's go down to the um, Gold Coast Hockey Centre because my little sister was playing. And I'd said to her, I was like, no, I don't want to go. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Everyone's going to be so disappointed in me. Like, I've let everyone down. And I was just feeling this, like, overwhelming feeling for months. Like, I just, like, let everyone down and I was just so upset. And it took, like, parents and young girls coming up to me being like, what parent came up to me was like, I you've given my daughter, like, so much hope she's your like you're her idol she wants to be exactly like you she loved watching the Olympics and all these people who I think kind of bring you back to reality that it's like it's not the end of the world if you don't have a performance go your way and I think that's something that um yeah I really looked um looked up to with Ash Barty because I feel like she always had so much pressure on her and the way that she dealt with uh losses and her way to detach herself personally from her performance was really amazing so I know it's something um, I think yeah a lot of athletes need to work on but for me that was pretty interesting to go through that process and um, yeah it made me realize like wow having those people outside of your sporting bubble is so important because they bring you back to
0: yeah reality. And on a bit of a lighter note though the hockey riz recently did lock in a spot for next year's Olympics and you won bronze at the World Cup and silver at the comp games last year so they're must be a much lighter and a better feeling that the this team can kind of win a medal in Paris?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, definitely. I think the way that we have been building over the last couple of years has been uh, so good. And, yeah, to be the first team to qualify for the Paris Olympics next year in hockey was really exciting. And just to have that spot secured, I think, um, yeah, obviously takes off some of the pressure of qualifying, but now I think it's like now we can just turn all of our focus to um, our training and how we want to build for that tournament. So, yeah, I think it's been really good. We've had um, a lot of time together to train and play and build up with um, basically the same squad the whole time. And, yeah, I think it'll be really cool leading into Paris to see how we perform because I think we'll be um, – coming out and playing some really good hockey
0: yeah and there was news recently actually that the funding for the hockey rules will be increased which is great bringing it closer to what the men's team receives but i guess my question is why was it not equal already
1: um yeah good question (laughs) i think after uh the tokyo olympics um because we'd come fifth and the boys came second i think most of the funding was based off that um, performance. Um, yeah, essentially it is a little bit. It was it was disappointing because um, yeah, we're still number two in the world. Um, we have medaled at a lot of major tournaments, and yeah, it was a little bit um, sad that one tournament that um, yeah we ended up. It was essentially one game ended up um, having such an impact on our funding, and that's why we had to be decentralized this year because. We literally couldn't even afford to be paid um, enough to live in Perth. Um, so, yeah, I think um, Hockey Australia have always tried to keep it um, equal funding, but this has been different these last um, this last year because we weren't getting uh, yeah as much um, I think government support. So we weren't able to be paid the same as um, the boys and have as much money for our program. So our squad also had to be reduced to 21 players, I think it was, instead of 27. we would lost an extra coach, things like that. But, you know what, if there's one thing about girls and female sport, it's that we're bloody resilient and, um, yeah, you you could give us any kind of situation and we'll find a way to uh, get back to the top. So, yeah, we are tracking well for the Paris Olympics and I think with the position we're in, uh, hopefully we can get a lot more funding for hockey when... We bring home a gold medal.
0: There's obviously a lot more sports now competing for elite female athletes when you started than when you started playing. What do you think hockey can do to keep more girls in this sport and recruit more girls? Yeah, I think it's um going to
1: be really important for hockey to be really creative with some of their methods to get a lot more um, young girls and boys in hockey I think because there are so many yeah as you say like opportunities for especially girls to now try all these different new sports and there's all these new pathways which is really cool um, personally I think that um, there could be a lot more work done in like the school system to get lots of young kids just joining hockey and trying it out I know it's really big in like the country and also some like private schools um, but, yeah, I think things like the hockey one, which is a domestic league um, with yeah the b- best players in the country, I think that's really awesome because it gives um, people actually an opportunity to see the sport live um, at the highest level, which is really cool. And, yeah, I think the other big thing is probably just like social media. I think that's really cool how some of the sports have actually grown um, their fan base through uh, yeah storytelling with players and um, giving I think fans a little bit more access to the, the insights of um, yeah the elite athlete life
0: because yeah I think I read an article last year that was talking about how some um uh, how some how elite some of the high fr- profile female athletes are and then it said that you had a better beat test result than some of those bigger names do you think that maybe hockey needs to promote just how good their athletes are a bit more
1: yeah, I mean, a
0: hundred percent. I definitely am someone
1: who has been um, banging on about it for years in hockey, um, just watching, yeah, like some of the other sports grow um, like that. And I think that's what I mean. There's so many cool stories uh, within our hockey program and whether it's at yeah the highest level, whether it's at a national level, stuff like that. I think it's really cool to get stories and connections like that out there and yeah information when the team's doing really cool things because yeah I think the Matildas have been really good at doing that and I know for us even though yeah we came fifth at the Olympics and I think the Matildas came fourth at the Olympics but I think just purely through social media it probably would have felt like the Matildas won a medal at the Olympics you know whereas we could have really pushed how well we had actually gone well Um, because yeah fifth at the Olympics isn't so bad
0: yeah But you must be super excited that the Hockey Roos games and also the Hockey One League are going to be on 7 Plus this year. So everyone can watch the games for free, which is great. Yes, it is super exciting. I think it's been really challenging in the
1: past when people wanted to watch games and they'd always say, like, oh, how can I watch your game? And I'd either have to say to them, like, oh, you can't unless you buy a ticket and they're live. Or um, I think it was on, like, KO previously. So you had to pay for a subscription and things like that. Whereas... This is going to be, yeah, an amazing opportunity for sport, which I think it's been really great for um, Channel 7 to to jump on that um, leading into the Olympics to showcase the sport because I know even after, um, sorry, to showcase Hockey 1 leading into the Olympics. And I think, yeah, after the Tokyo Olympics in um, 2021, I know that I had so many people messaging me or when I was talking to them saying, Oh, my God, I'd never watched a game of hockey before. And now that I've watched it, I love the sport. So I think it's like there's so much opportunity for hockey to grow in that way because um, being a hockey and a soccer player, they're to me, they're like the same, same kind of sport. So if uh, the Matildas could build their base, fan base like that, I definitely think it's um, going to be, yeah, a, a f- opportunity for us to do it too.
0: And just finally, I've got one more question. You've still got, fingers crossed, a lot of your career ahead of you and being part of the Hockey Roos, a team with pretty amazing history, what kind of legacy do you want to be able to leave for the next generation?
1: Uh, I think for me, the biggest, um, the most important part of like a legacy that I want to leave for the next generation is just giving them a pathway to be able to have a career out of the sport. Because um, yeah, I know for me, it's like the my life in sport and hockey has been amazing but what would be even more amazing yeah would be to have um more of a pathway and career in the sport where I don't have to be yeah stressing or relying on money or having another job and juggling 50 different things um just so I can do something that I'm really good at and really passionate about and love doing um so yeah that would be um for me just to be a bit more of a game changer in that and try and push a few things to get hockey um yeah up with a few of these other sports
0: well thanks so much for your time rosie it's been so great chatting to you and thanks so much for joining me today thank you for having me abby it's always
1: fun chatting to you i'm i um, love how you get around to all the sports and know so much about all the
0: athletes and the uh, the teams <laughs> thanks so much thanks for listening to support her way visit the link in the description section